This audio is brought to you by muslimcentral.com. Amin ya rabbal alamin wa uzikum wa nafsi bi taqwallah wa qad amrana bil haqq wa qala ta'ala ya ayyuhalladhina amanu taqullaha haqqa tuqatihi wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun ya ayyuhannasu taqu rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum min nafsin wahida wa khalaqa minha zawjaha wa batha minhuma rijalan kathira wa nisaa we begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and as we declare his oneness and glorify him and declare his perfection. We thank him for this ability to gather together and perform an act of worship only for him. And we bear witness that Muhammad is his final messenger. And we thank Allah for sending us a mercy to the world, a guide, a teacher, someone who loved us more than we love ourselves even though he never met us and we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for reviving the way of Ibrahim alayhi salam, our Prophet Abraham, peace be upon him, who stood in that barren desert wondering if there would be a people that would uphold the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as he was praying for. And here we are, labayk Allahumma labayk. Even though we are not at the Kaaba, our hearts, our souls are making tawaf bi-idhnillahi ta'ala. And we hope that Allah sees us as the fulfillment of the supplication of Ibrahim alayhi salam and of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allahumma ameen. Dear brothers and sisters, I was looking through the khutab, the sermons of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam as he did his hajjatul wada'. And it was striking to me how similar every single speech the Prophet sallallahu gave in those days of hajj was. Whether it was the khutbah in Arafah, or it was the multiple addresses that he gave to the group Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when over 140,000 people came from around the world to meet the Prophet Sallallahu for the first time, to do Hajj with him, to listen to him Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, to be counted amongst his companions, to perform the Hajj with him. And he keeps reiterating the same theme Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And our beloved Prophet Sallallahu has a few moments to reshape generations of ignorance from various parts of the world. Reshape the way that they view God, reshape the way that they view religion, reshape the way that they view ritual, reshape the way that they view each other. And so he chooses Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the right words. And the Prophet calls to their attention everything that they are seeing around them and he tries to impart to them sallallahu alaihi wasallam things that they will remember because the symbols are so overwhelming and so strong what more central than the kaaba itself the kaaba which had become a place where people were wronged which had become a place of god commerce using idols to take advantage of peoples the superiority and the boasting of various tribes a place of idol worship a place of everything that was displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I want you to think about yourself in front of the Kaaba and you see the Prophet making tawaf around it. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Ma atyabaki, how beautiful and pure you are. That first time you see the Kaaba is stunning. How beautiful, 
how pure you are. وَأَطْيَبَ رِيحَكِ And how beautiful your fragrance is. مَا أَعْظَمَكِ وَأَعْظَمَ حُرْمَتِكِ How great are you and how great is your sanctity? The Kaaba, Baytullah al-Haram. How incredible is it? How beautiful is it? So far, this all connects. And all of us have a connection to the Kaaba, right? When we see it. I want you to imagine though, if you saw, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect his holy places, Mecca, Medina, Jerusalem, and all over. If you saw the Kaaba being destroyed, if you saw someone spitting at the Kaaba, if you saw someone tearing its cloth, if you saw someone throwing something at it, if you saw the destruction of the Kaaba in front of you, what would it do to your heart? What would happen to your perception of the world? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as he's speaking to the Kaaba, he says, وَالَّذِي نَفْسُ مُحَمَّدٍ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ بِيَدِهِ لَحُرْمَةُ الْمُؤْمِنِ أَعْظَمُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ حُرْمَةً مِنْكِ مَالِهِ وَدَمِهِ وَأَنَّ ظُنَّ بِهِ إِلَّا خَيْرًا I swear by the one in whose hands is my soul, the sanctity of the believer is more precious, more sacred in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than you. His wealth, his life, his honor, and that we assume of him anything but good. The believer is more precious to Allah than you are. SubhanAllah, we have become desensitized to seeing our brothers and sisters hurt around the world and hurting other brothers and sisters in our own communities. That if we were just to envision that every time I'm about to do something that will take away from my brother or my sister's honor, their life, their property, or su'avvan, to assume evil of them, if we were to put ourselves in the position of us banging on the Kaaba, and how we would see ourselves in that moment. Yes, your WhatsApp message is more severe than a person hitting the Kaaba. Yes, your word about your brother and sister is more severe than a person who spits towards these sacred sites of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is a major and grievous sin. That's not to belittle that. That is to dawn upon us how sacred we are to each other. The Prophet also says, what year or what month are we in? They say, Ya Rasulullah, it's Dhul Hijjah. The Prophet says, Ayyu shahrin ta'lamunahu a'zamu hurma. What month do you know? that is more sacred in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than this month. They're standing around the Kaaba. And what balad, what place are we in? They don't want to answer because they don't know. The Prophet says, isn't this Mecca? And he says, أَلَا What place do you know more holy, more sacred than this place? He says, what day are we in? They say, Ya Rasulullah, you know, we, you know best. The Prophet says, is this, is this not the day of the sacrifice? What day do you know that is more sacred than this day in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Prophet says, I'm telling you that Allah has made your honor, your blood, your wealth, your property more sacred to one another than everything that I just mentioned to you, everything that you see around you, the entire atmosphere. He's asking them, did, did you get what I said? Have I delivered the message to you? And they said, yes, Ya Rasulullah. He said, 
This is his sermon. Don't go back to being disbelievers striking at each other's necks. Don't go back to being kuffar, attacking one another, striking each other's necks. All of you that are sitting around that have never met one another, don't go back to that lifestyle. That's not who we are. That's not what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us. And the Prophet was stressing murder. Why? Because these people would let their disputes get to the point of killing each other. Silly things. Suddenly faith goes out the window. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Iman. The people that are supposed to be the most restrained with their hands in hurting or killing are people of faith, people who claim to have Iman. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allahu Akbar. He said وسلم, that the murder of a believer is worse in the sight of Allah than the entire extinction of the world. We're not just talking about the Kaaba. We're not just talking about Medina. We're not just talking about Al-Aqsa. May Allah liberate it. We're talking about the entire world. The life of one believer is more precious to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than the entire world. And verily, someone who kills one is like one who killed all of mankind. And whoever saves one is like one who saved all of mankind. This is our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now you might think to yourself, well, I've never killed anyone, so I'm good, alhamdulillah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala restrain our hands from ever doing so, from ever unjustly murdering. Allahumma ameen. Most murderers don't know that they're one day going to be such. May Allah restrain our hands from doing so. But the Prophet goes further. He says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Man hajra akhahu sanatan fahuwa kasafki damihi. It gets a little more complex. When you abandon your brother for a year, we know the sin of abandoning your brother for three days or your sister for three days. When you boycott your brother or your sister for a year, it's as if you're spilling their blood at that point. You might as well be spilling their blood. That's the grievousness of the sin in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If there are people in here that are not talking to each other, go say salam to that person. Go say salam to that person. Don't be that person who falls under this category. SubhanAllah, he even brings us وسلم, to the bare minimum. Muslim. <laughs> That's what he says to them. By the way, do you know what a Muslim is? Of course we know, we're all Muslims. We came from around the world. We're doing Hajj in the way of our father Ibrahim السلام, the great Muslim, the one who submits to Allah. No, but do you know who the real Muslim is? Do you know who the real Mu'min is? المسلم من سلم الناس من نسانه ويده والمؤمن من أمنه الناس على دمائهم وأموالهم. A Muslim is the one who people feel safe from their tongues and from their hands. Your tongue is more lethal than your hands sometimes. Your tongue is more. More people go to hell because of this than this, because of what they do with their tongues. A Muslim is the one from whom other people feel salam. They feel safe from their tongues and from their hands. And a mu'min. A believer is someone who people feel like they can trust, they have security from them with their wealth and with their blood, with their lives. The Prophet ﷺ did not spare a single moment to connect them to something they can always remember. The bare minimum of calling yourself a Muslim, performing Eid, performing Hajj, Connected to the way you treat everyone. Why? Because when you skew your perception of God, then you skew your perception of self, and you skew your perception of the world around you as well. People included. They didn't just turn God into stones and idols. They dehumanized everyone else as a result and turned themselves into gods. 
So when your perception of Allah is messed up, your perception of self is messed up, your perception of people around you is messed up. Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu says, we were sitting with the Prophet and a man started to gossip, to backbite. And the Prophet said to him, Tahallal, pick your teeth. You know when you finish a meal and you got something in your mouth and you say, hey, you got some spinach in your teeth? The Prophet said, you have something in your teeth, pick it. He said, Ya Rasulullah, what are you talking about? He says, Innaka akalta lahma akhik, hadith sahih. You just ate the, the, the meat of your brother. You just consumed the flesh of your brother. What do your teeth look like when you finish sitting with people? What do your teeth look like when you finish a conversation? SubhanAllah, this tongue, this tongue, which is the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we could remember Allah and elevate ourselves. More people will end up bankrupt on the day of judgment because of this tongue than anything else. Something so irrelevant, so silly. You throw something out there, a comment out there about your brother or sister. Irrelevant context, history, a slick comment. That person is a this and that person is a that. And you let it run and run and run and run. And Ibn Rajab rahimahullah ta'ala says, he says that backbiting is the easiest sin to access and the worst sin when you're standing at the mizan on the Day of Judgment, when you're standing at the scale on the Day of Judgment. Of course, shirk is the greatest, but he's talking about bain and nas between people. He said backbiting is accessible to someone who is poor and someone who is rich. Accessible to someone who is in power and someone who is persecuted. It's accessible to the literate and to the illiterate. Everyone talks, the young, the old. People talk about other people, especially when you have emptiness in yourself. Then all you do is you talk about everybody else. And it doesn't matter what position you are in society, this has become the historical pastime of people to talk about everybody else and talk about other things. The young and the old, the rich and the poor, the powerful and the persecuted. And that is the main reason why people will have their good deeds taken away from them on the Day of Judgment. Their Laylatul Qadr, their Arafah, their Hajj, taken away from them on the Day of Judgment. May Allah protect us. Restrain our tongues, restrain our hands from the believers. But I end with this, dear brothers and sisters. We must move from people feeling secured from us to people feeling supported by us. It's one thing that I can trust you to not hurt me. It's another thing when you will be there for me when I'm being hurt. And I want you to just look around for a moment and realize that every single person in here has a right upon you. And those that you can't see in here, your brothers and sisters around the world have rights upon you. And they are more sacred in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than the Kaaba itself, which is the center of Eid al-Adha. And the Prophet tells us, go from people being secured from you to people feeling supported by you. لا يبلغ عبدا حقيقة الإيمان حتى يحب للناس ما يحب لنفسه من الخير. No one will realize the reality of faith until they love for people what they love for themselves of good. Your brother, your sister, you love for them of khair, of good. You support them. You are there for them. You show them ihsan, excellence, even when it is not expected of you. So dear brothers and sisters, let's also remember that when we are seeing people around the world, our Muslim brothers and sisters, innocent people, oppressed people around the world, being humiliated on screen, you have to let your heart move. Let your tongue move in dua. Let your actions move for them. Let your prayers move for them. And in your own community, supporting those brothers and sisters that are in need, we are one ummah in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one body, whether it is Palestine or Syria 
or the Uyghurs. And by the way, if you don't know what this is, this is East Turkestan, the greatest human rights atrocity in the world right now. Millions of people in concentration camps. And our brothers and sisters from the Uyghurs had their country, their independence taken away from them and their dignity taken away from them. But how many of us can even name one thing about them? When we look at our brothers and sisters from the Rohingya, Somalia, Nigeria, Ethiopia, South Africa, France, we were all so hot over the cartoons. The bills that Macron is passing are still taking place right now. Kashmir, we are Muslims from India to Pakistan, Afghanistan, Bangladesh, Iraq. Even if we forgot Afghanistan and Iraq, we're still their brothers and sisters. Yemen, the beloved place of the Prophet Sri Lanka, the list goes on and on and on. We are one Ummah. So dear brothers and sisters, honor the person that is next to you. Honor the person that is in your house. Honor the person that you can't see, but that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed great rights upon you in regards to let your hearts be connected to them, let your tongues only speak good about them and to them, and that starts with your family, and then it starts with our community. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to unite our hearts and unite our ranks here and all over the world. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala liberate our brothers and sisters in Al-Aqsa in Palestine. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala liberate all of our occupied brothers and sisters. May Allah free all of our brothers and sisters from captivity. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uplift our brothers and sisters that are grieving around the world and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala use us for them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep the fitna away from this community and from our Muslim community as a whole. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from the evil of our own selves, from the evil of our own tongues, from the evil of our own fingers, from the evil of our own hands. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala restrain us from listening to the whispers of the shaitan and hurting people around us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not allow us to be amongst those that wrong their families. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to show ihsan, excellence to our families, excellence to everyone that is around us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be gathered with our beloved one sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Jannah al-Firdaus. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be amongst our father Ibrahim alayhi salam and all of the prophets and the righteous, the siddiqoon and the shuhada. وحسن أولئك رفيقا اللهم آمين وصل الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا عيد مبارك to you all again جزاكم الله خيرا والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته